if you're an entrepreneur, you want to look different than everybody else. Why are you trying to fit in? You did not start your own business and become an entrepreneur to be like everybody else. You are supposed to be different. So you should be creating this just the same way. Okay, I am here with Tavia Sharp. I'm so excited to have you on the program today and to learn about what you do and to get some insights into communication from you. Thanks for having me. We were just uh, laughing beforehand. You encouraged me to bring this into our conversation about a little feeling of jitters, actually. I'm not going to out you as having them, Tavia, but I had them. <laughs> um, yes. I was like, really? I didn't think that you would have that at all. You can get confident at anything you do, but you have to start at step one. So <laughs> whatever it is, that's like the sad truth, right? Is you can achieve like confidence and excellence in one area. And then you pivot to something a little different and you're like first day of school. Yes. I felt that same way when I got com finally got confident doing public speaking, which I know mm. we're going to talk about. And then the pandemic came and I said, oh, when well, the new thing is to do the virtual speaking, right? Webinars. Mm. And then I got, I got really nervous about that because that was new for me. Whereas I got really comfortable with the public speaking. But at one point I wasn't, I was like petrified of public speaking. Mm. So it's to your point, it's always that new thing that makes us maybe feel a little jittery or uncomfortable. And that's when we we're like, oh man, I got to start this. And then once you start, it's really that skill, you know, that you're practice, 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 and you get better at it and you feel more comfortable. But it does take a little bit of that, you know, getting uncomfortable. Uh, I'm so curious, Tavia, you know, how long did it take for you? What, what did it start off like? Can you recall some of the, the feelings of, of the beginning part of this? But first, how long did it take you to kind of go from very uncomfortable with public speaking to more comfortable? You know, it took me some time because even in my, in my previous career, before I started my business, I had to do a little bit of present presenting, right? Mm -hmm. I had to present ideas to uh, colleagues and my, you know, um, to executives on my job for, I had to present like my design ideas basically in the fashion industry. And I was always a little nervous, but a little semi-comfortable because it was people I know, but I had more of a fear of speaking in front of people that were strangers. Mm. So that was like a big fear of mine. Um, and just, I think it just stemmed from, you know, childhood. And I was very shy when I was a child. And, you know, you always had that experience. I'm sure all of us had that experience in, in school where we get called on and we're like, say the wrong answer. And we're like, oh, never doing that again. You know, <laughs> and so then that just builds up like, mm, never putting myself out there again. Don't like that rejection, you know. So then it just kind of built on that where I just started to feel like I had this major fear of speaking in front of people. I would get really super nervous, palms sweaty, turn red, you know, just really petrified, to be honest. After I left and started my business, I realized speaking is such a huge thing mm. in what I do and really sharing with people, you know, this idea of having a, an image and a brand that can be a tool for you. And so I realized I have to start public speaking. And really, um, I started with like small groups 
and super nervous, <laughs> totally like I could feel it, you know, like the jitter and the uncomfortableness of it, um, you know, shakiness. And I yeah. could hear it in my voice too. But I just realized like the more I do it, I know I'm going to get better at this. And I just started somewhere. I think a lot of it helped when I did, um, when I was in BNI, which is a business networking meeting and very popular. And um, I started there really just getting up and pitching myself every week. Yeah. And that helped get more comfortable. And then I just started saying, you know what, I got to put myself out there more and more and more. Let me just start speaking and just saying yes, even if I'm scared. And I just started doing it. And the more I did it, the more comfortable I got, the more comfortable I got, the easier it was. Mm. And I just realized, you know what? I made this big deal of this. <laughs> and, and I just, you know, realized it was all in my head. Oh my gosh. I'm imagining you at the beginning of this journey and then you, when you became comfortable, sort of having a conversation and it's like, neither of you really understand each other. You've no, forgotten. You're like, why was it so painful? But then there's that first version that's like, you know, I never want to be called on. Yes. It's so funny how our mind wants to stop us from doing things, from taking certain actions, because it wants, it's, it literally feels like, you know, the, the saber toothed tiger chasing after us. It's that fight or flight yeah. you know, um, adrenaline that kicks in and we go, oh, no. And we realize, like, it's really in our head majority of the time, you know, just wants to keep us comfortable and safe um, because the mind doesn't really know the difference when that fear kicks in. So I realize that's all it is. And I just have to say yes and step into the fear and really move past it and just keep doing things that maybe are scary. And so throughout the years, I started to do things that were scary, jump out of an airplane, uh, go rappelling down a waterfall, like crazy things that I never would have done when I was younger. Like I would have been, no way, I'm not doing that. Um, so it's, it really, it really helped build that muscle. That mm. It's like, no, just do it. Oh, okay. Wow. That was really, that was really freeing actually, you know, cause what's on the other side of it is that freedom. And so once you realize that and you really train your brain to think that way, I think that's when you get past the fear. Wow. I mean, it, there, there's some fun, you know, different examples that you just brought up. You know, you, you talked about like jumping off a cliff or doing something sort of extreme and, mm -hmm. and brave what similarity is there between that type of experience and public speaking? Yeah, I think because both of those situations feel like very scary to me. Like I also had a fear of heights. That was another big fear of mine. Okay. Me personally, um, public speaking was just as scary as the fear of heights. Mm. And so I think once I did things like that, where I was like doing things that maybe were high, right? Like jumping out of an, uh, an airplane or um, doing some kind of rappelling down, you know, yeah, a far yeah. distance. I realized that they kind of feel the same, right? And so I just said, you just have to see what's on the other side of that. And once I did those scary things, I realized, well, what's on the other side of that is freedom. And, you know, when I did the public speaking or when I do my um, presentations where I'm talking about a passionate subject matter, which is what I do and what I'm passionate about teaching people, I realize what an impact it makes. People coming up to me uh, saying like, wow, I learned so much or just, you know, that 
kind of reinforcement that you get and you're like, this is what I'm meant to do. So why would I stop? Because I'm afraid, right? That's not the impact I want to make. And so, yeah, they're kind of feel the same to me. What a great question though. Why would I stop just because I'm afraid? Mm -hmm. Like we're really not wired or, or trained to ask a question like that, but it's such a freeing and simple question. Well, why would I stop just, just because I'm afraid. It's so good, right? Yeah. Why would you? I love um, hearing that you are passionate about communication and you have a really interesting way of getting at the way we communicate our message and the way we communicate about ourselves. I would, I would love to learn a little bit from you about what you do and, and who you support. Yeah, I mean, I am an image coach a speaker, and I talk about image and personal branding and how to use that as a tool to really get dateable, promotable, investable. Mm. And this is like having these results in your life by simply stepping into the most authentic version of yourself and owning the way you look and feel. And that really is what increases the results that come into your life. Like it's a, you become the magnet for um, getting those amazing things to happen to you. You feel more confident and that's what happens as a result because you're stepping into the energy of that. So it's like really turning up the dial on who you are. Mm. And I do that through the way you look, the way you dress, the way you communicate yourself overall, online, in person, in this virtual world as well. And that's really what I teach people how to do, you know, so a lot of business owners or people that really are the face of their brand. So you kind of think of yourself as the walking billboard for you, you know, you are the CEO of me Inc. And you Mm -hmm. just have to start thinking of yourself that way and really own it. Hmm. And you feel like that most powerful version of yourself. It's like amazing things happen. Yeah. And like, how, how would you do that through, through image? What, what is some of the like common advice that you find yourself giving to clients, you know, common um, questions that come up around, well, how do I, how do I apply this amazing idea of magnetizing and bringing people to me uh, Mm -hmm. through my image? Yeah. So usually I like to go, go with people to what is it that they want to attract? You know, what are their goals? Uh, what is that future version of yourself look like? And how can you actually step into that now, right? By really creating an image and a personal brand that really truly represents that. So you can start magnetizing those results. So it's really about how you dress, how you look, how you present yourself um, visually. And um, really, it's not just how you dress, but also how are you communicating that? Is it congruent with your message? And um, when people Google you, what are they finding? Uh, Is it feel like the most, uh, I guess, uh, congruent person of yourself? Like, who is this person? And then how do you create that? It's it's a brand, just like we think of like big brands like Nike or Coca-Cola, right? We automatically know their brand. But how do you create yourself as the brand when people think of you? And that's basically what I do. That's so interesting, Tavia. I, I tend to um, talk to people about how to use your body to communicate. Like, I, I love this word use congruency. In what ways is it congruent with your words? In what ways is it conflicting? 
but I don't really go beyond whether or not you should tuck in your shirt. <laughs> I don't have a lot of depth of field there. So I'm, 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 I'm fascinated and I'm curious, what can people know to give them a sense of, of how to use their clothing choice or their image to, to increase their confidence? You want to think about clothing as like your armor, right? So you have to think about those. It's like tools in your, in your toolkit, right? So you're probably not utilizing it as best that you should be or can be. So it's thinking about what clothes make me feel my best? You know, what colors do I wear that create like that energy? Think about, you know, clothing items, colors, even accessories. Like a lot of times I'm teaching clients how to use different accessories into their branding. It could be anything from lapel pin. It could be a certain kind of pocket square. It could be the color of the pattern of your shirt. I mean, it really depends on what you do, but I think there's a way to really personalize yourself into your clothing choices. Mm. And it's always like, I notice that people sometimes aren't really aware of it. We have to wear clothing every day. I mean, we don't go out of the house naked. So if there's certain clothing items that we wear that actually make us feel more powerful, more confident, more attractive, um, that's a word I hear a lot, then why wouldn't we? I mean, yeah. it's just being more intentional about it. That's all. And, it, I, and I don't want, I really want to say this. It doesn't mean that you as a man, because I work with a lot of men, doesn't mean that you have to wear a three-piece suit. You do not need to wear that to look and feel your best. If that's for you, then yes. But that's like a misconception I hear a lot because it's not necessarily wearing the, the most dressiest thing or the most expensive thing. No, this is about you really dressing as your most authentic self. And what is that? You know, that's for you to figure out, right? Or I help people figure that out. So that's really what it's about. Mm, that's great. I love... I'm kind of a sucker for misconceptions. We want the hack. We want the, the two secret steps no one else knows. And, you know, blue is a trustworthy color, which I'm like, okay. I mean, probably not on every person. Right. <laughs> if you're a liar, it might not yes. make a difference. But are, are there things like that that either, you know, other misconceptions or are there some little uh, truths that you find about image? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the color thing is true. I think a lot of men are afraid of color. Um, if I'm speaking, you know, mostly to my clientele is that fear of color. They're like, what? That means you have to wear something bright. No, no, it doesn't. You can wear color that's toned down, but that makes you feel good because guess what? You want to look different than everybody else. Why are you trying to fit in? You're not. Right. Most of the time, if you're an entrepreneur, you did not start your, your own business and become an entrepreneur to be like everybody else. You are supposed to be different. So you should be creating this just as the same way. So I think there's a misconception about how men should dress in the suit, you know, uh, looking kind of stuffy when that's actually not true. Like you're dressed a little bit more of a casual and that's part of your brand. That's fine. Like, could you dial it up? Yeah. I mean, there's always some ways to do that, but it doesn't mean I'm going to take you and say, oh, you need to wear uh, a suit now. That's right. going to 
make you feel. No, that's not true. So it, so it should fit your personality and personality and your brand. It should fit your messaging, right? The, the topic that you're speaking on too. I think it's really key. Or if you need to move on a stage, you know, does your clothing help you do that? Um, or is it like feeling uncomfortable? Because that's going to affect your, your, the way you present. So there's different things that you can think about. You and I have a, some overlap in working with people in the financial space. So I'm, I'm attributing this trick to someone else. It's not my idea. But, you know, finance, you know, you kind of are that, by default, that suit or that overly formal person, which I think can get in the way of creating a connection with your audience and having them feel safe. And this one, uh, uh, I think it was a mortgage lender. He said, when I go and do my workshop for the public, I wear a suit and then I take the jacket off and I hang it over the chair at the front of the room. So you are aware that I came in a suit, but you're also interacting with me in a more casual, approachable way. So good. You know, you're working with male clients, you're, working, you're often speaking to male dominated audiences. We love to talk here about great communication and, and, and speaking techniques and, and lessons. What have you learned about how to connect with an audience that is different from you in some fairly obvious way? It could be age, right? Gender, expertise level, it could be anything. But what do you think about for you to, to sort of close the gap? Yeah, because I'm usually speaking to the financial industry, which is very different. I'm coming from the fashion industry, so it's a totally different thing. But I like to just make it fun because sometimes I think with my topic, people can get like really like uncomfortable, like, oh, you know, self-image. There's a little bit of uncomfortableness when I start to pick apart and like the do's and don'ts and people go, oh. And, you know, there's a little like critic inside that starts yeah. to go, oh, I'm, hmm, I wonder if she's critiquing me right now, right? <laughs> so I try to make it fun and very light. I'll throw in some fun examples and make people laugh because mm -hmm. I want it to be light and easy. I don't want this to be like, I'm criticizing you, like I'm shaming you for not wearing something the right way or, right. you know what I mean? It's got to be like lighthearted. So I try to connect with people that way. And I think my topic can apply to a lot of different industries. So I really, I keep it broad um, unless somebody asks me to be specific, but you know, cause everybody can use clothing to have more fun, right? Like it should be fun. This is who you are. Like you should be able to have fun with this. That's so wonderful. And I think especially in an area where we don't often get really any training there, there's going to be that lack of confidence that, am I doing it right? You know, yes. I, I can only imagine when people get on a Zoom call with you, they're like, what shirt do I wear? <laughs> because I thought that today <laughs> before we did our interview. <laughs> yes. I definitely make you think. It's like, ooh, I, I should be thinking about this. And, you know, it, it really is interesting, right? Because, um, you know, when I meet people and I tell them what I do, sometimes that's the reaction I get. Oh, what are you judging me right now? And it's really not about that. I'm just really trying to help you think of it differently. Being more intentional versus just maybe not thinking about it. You know, thinking about every day when you get up in the morning. Okay, how do I want to feel today? 
How do I want people to see me today? How do I want to be perceived? How can I use this? This is what I like to say the most. How can I take control of how other people are going to perceive me? How can mm -hmm. I take that power away from them and say, this is what I want you to think about me without even saying it. You get to create that communication because it is a nonverbal thing. And of course, we're going to speak and, and talk. But before that, it's like, what can I create right away that's not even me saying anything? And that's where you get to really have that control. I love that, Tavia. Thank you for sharing that with us. Without saying anything, how can you take control of the way people perceive you? That is so, so cool. Will you tell us where can people find you? Where can they learn more about what they can do with their image? How can people find you? Uh, they can find me uh, at styledsharp.com. It's S-T-Y-L-E-D. S-H-A-R-P. Yes, Sharp is my real last name. <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Um, or, or you can find me um, on social media at Styled Sharp. It is incredible that Sharp is your last name. <laughs> I think you're using it just the way you want to be using it, which is so cool. Yeah.